I don't think I can be held responsible for the weight I gained during a global pandemic. Que pedo, gente. Welcome back to South of the Eight. And if you're new, hi. Thank you for choosing us as your entertainment for the day. We'll try to make the next hour as painless as possible. Today's episode is going to be a lot of fun. I interview Carlos Paez, frontman for B-Side Players, actually known as Brownside Players. But we'll get more into that uh, in the episode. Towards the end of the episode, we discuss about Music Cares, a coronavirus relief fund that's helping musicians through these hard times. A lot of them aren't benefiting from the stimulus packets and just have no money, no form of income coming in because they depend on gig working and just performances, everything that we pretty much can't do at this time. Music is such an important part of most, if not all, communities, and it'd be great if you're able to. I know that we're all struggling at one way or another, but if you're able to uh, donate anything or just spread the word, Please do. I'll be leaving all the links on my Instagram post as well as uh, the description of this episode. Again, please donate if you can or help spread the word. It'll go a long way. B-Side players have benefited from it and are also just trying to help. So I thought it was a, a great opportunity for whoever may be listening to this um, just to try to get the word out there. Again, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and check out B-Side Players on pretty much any streaming service or their YouTube page. They're amazing. They're an amazing uh, Afro-Mexica reggae band. And trust me, you're going to like the vibes. It's a it's a really has a great message, but also really relaxing. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you. How's your quarantine going so far? <laughs> um, it's been crazy, man. It's kind of like, um, it's like up and down, you know. Sometimes uh, I get creative, and then sometimes I just yeah. get bored, like lazy. But um, I've been, I've been trying to stay busy, doing a lot of live streaming, nice. which is like I've never done before, and it's just yeah. like a whole different avenue, you know. Yeah, I feel like we're all starting to get a little creative with how we interact with people in general, whether it be like through live stream. I feel like um, especially with like artists, like so many or musicians specifically, so many people are taking advantage of like social media right now, which is great, you know. But um, so real quick, again, thank you for doing this. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself for me? Uh, my name is Carlos Baez. I'm a front man of the B-side players, uh, a nine, ten piece Latin group from san diego california that's great so i've been a huge fan for a while and honestly i i have to say the thing that hooked me to your guys's music was the very present message that you guys have for example la raza um a very clear sort of call to action i feel like from your music and as a border kid it sort of resonated with everything i knew about growing up in san diego you know you don't fit here you don't fit there it, it just doesn't seem like there's a stable place for us sometimes you know so how would you describe the band's sort of view on making a difference or or your guys's message i would say i think it's uh like um you like hit a pinpoint with it with exactly what you said like being a border kid 
it's also like for me, like a song like that, like La Raza and singing about Chicano culture is kind of like my way of uh, kind of like connecting to like the way I grew up because it's very different from the way that my father grew up and um, and in different times as well. Because of my, my, I come from a, a Mexican family that's uh, that's Mexicano, and they're like they have Mexican tr- tradition, and, and um, for them the word Chicano is like they don't understand it. They they just don't understand it at all. As all, they don't understand being American, a Mexican, um, and so those kind of views like for them it's really confusing. And my dad, especially my dad, he's like. It is Mexicano, Americano. You can't be yeah. both. You know? What's Chicano? What is that? Because he, he, that's not. So for me to write music like that is kind of like, that's the way I can express myself and not be, not be, not keep that stuff in and not be lost in the way I feel. Because um, like, you know, like you and I, we were border kids. We're, we're crossing the border on the, you know, three, four times a week. Yep. And we're living two cultures and we're separated by it by this wall of like, of economic struggle, of like, you know, racism, of like different class, a class system. And um, our perspective on it all is way different. And and um, that's why like a lot of these songs, they hit, they hit like here, of course, like in the, in the you know, sa- Southern San Diego and Baja. But a lot of times, you know, like they don't, people don't understand what I'm talking about. Like when you start traveling, you know, towards the Midwest or, or like yeah. when the Mexicans out there. And then also I didn't, I never thought that these songs would even be relevant in Mexico, but they are like mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of people understand it now. Chicano yeah. culture is, it's not, it's not like a fat, but I mean, actually is a big fat right now. I mean, it's all over Hollywood. It's all over like, in Japan, like everybody wants to be Chicano, everybody wants to yeah. have lowriders, and you yeah, know what I, know I mean. There's, yeah, I know that there's that. It, there's a subculture in Japan that they're super into the Chicano culture, right? Like down to the dress and the names and the lowriders. It seems so. Every, yeah, it seems crazy. Everything. So, so with every culture, with every subculture, and every movement, or there has to be a music. There has to be like a music behind it. So. A lot of these songs are just, you know, coming back up, you know, like, you know, thanks to YouTube because uh, a band like a musician like me, I've never had a song on the radio and I've been doing it for 26 you know, plus years. I've never had a song on the radio. So all these, you know, outlets to spread music, you know, Spotify and YouTube, like for me, it's a it's a bonus because like I'm getting caught like people from Brazil, you know people from wow. Japan, people identify with this music and they understand it more than some of these people that live here on the border, you know, Yeah. because they're, they're studying it. They're studying it. The whole movement of, mm-hmm. of, of, you know, Chicanismo and all that. Yeah. Sort of embracing something that, like you mentioned, even some people here have a trouble, have a trouble sort of embracing. Cause just like you mentioned, a lot of Mexican families, a lot of Mexican descendants, even American descendants, they see Chicano as like a label that you don't want, you know? And I feel like we're at a time where we want to embrace our name. We want to embrace who we are. So a lot of us take it into account and just sort of say, yes, I am this. And I'm not here. I'm not there. I'm sort of everything. I feel like that border mentality of like, because I remember growing up and thinking, and I feel like everybody that grew up crossing the border a lot 
and maybe even just having Mexican family felt that you either have to be the best at the Mexican side and the best at your American side. Right. You know, you have to make everybody happy. And it's not until you realize that you don't and that there's people out there like you that are just trying to embrace both the cumbias and the novelas as much as, you know, I don't know, dirt bikes and, and country. Like, it's fine. It's okay to be okay with everything, you know, like to be diverse and to be flexible, I guess. Oh, for sure. Like, I agree. Yeah. It's right now, it's a big time because, uh, you know, Hollywood with these shows, uh, the gentrification and like Vida, even Vida, they tackle a lot of subjects of what's happening right now, mm-hmm. in, you know, for in our Chicano lives, you know, like the yeah. stuff that's going on, um, current affairs and everything that's happened with gentrification and everything. And, uh, yeah. It's a very present problem. I feel like people think that because Chicano culture is now in Hollywood or in the mainstream that yeah. we made it. You know what I mean? That like, oh, everything's fine. You guys are cool now. It's like, well, no. Now you guys see how big of a problem it can, pos- it can actually be. And we're seeing it so much here in San Diego, specifically southern San Diego, where gentrif- gentrification is almost thrown back at us with our own culture. They're like, hey, look, here's a $10 taco. You like tacos, right? And then now now we're just feeding into this monster that's not just, like, kicking us out of our communities, but it's also selling us our own culture, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I experienced it. I have a business in Barrio Logan, so I know uh, exactly what, what you mean about that. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but it's just also, like, um, I think it's culture, too. Like, like any culture, you know, people people are intrigued and people people want to be part of a culture you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like people especially those people that that aren't like connected to their own culture or people that are lost and and like that don't really know about their you know where they come from they're intrigued by culture and they're intrigued by everything that comes with it you know the struggle the food like yeah. you know the traditions all that stuff but chicano culture is just you know it's a rich culture. I mean, it's, there, yeah. it definitely has a struggle behind it. And it's like, it's good for Hollywood right now. It's good for, it's, you know, but like the, the good thing about all this is that there's always music. There's always music to any movement. So, so like a lot of these, you know, songs, like the themes, the sub, you know, the stuff I sing about, like, you know, border, border issues and like, you know, social justice and, you know, uh, singing about you know trabajadores like work equal rights for workers um, all this stuff is relevant stuff that I was singing about 25 years ago is still relevant to the day you know yeah. it doesn't it doesn't go away <laughs> no it really doesn't it just sort of evolves generation to generation and yeah I totally understand what you mean I feel like um, music is such an extension of how we can describe ourselves or describe our situation and you can see it a lot in like older corridos you know what I mean where they weren't so much about glamorizing the narco as much as they were telling stories about the struggle of growing up and having to choose between uh, doing something legal or doing something legal. Not to say that there isn't still that, but I feel like your music, there's so much of that in your music because even though it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of the kind of background music that you just want to dance to and like to have a drink to, when you sit down and listen to the lyrics, you realize that it has a message. And I feel like in times like today where no one wants to take a side for being afraid of pissing the other side off and not making enough money and this and that, I definitely 
I definitely am grateful for bands like yours that just takes the time to sort of um, talking about what you want to talk about. And that's pretty cool. And, and I also think like, there's an art to it, man. Like you don't need to like stay fuck Trump and shit like that in a mm -hmm. song or there's other ways, you know, to like make it so like, you're not, you know what I mean? You're not just yeah. like being all like, um, cause you know, it's just like people are tired of the whole, like we all know fucking Trump's a fucking cock and a whatever. We're yeah. tired of getting all that shit. Like, but what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing about it? That's more the thing. And with music too, it's just like, there's different ways of expressing yourself, like expressing and tackling issues and, and being poetic about it because the music, like you said, we still, we still can make people dance. We, people can ignore the message and just have a good time, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the way, that's the beauty of it. I think that yeah. we've done a good job throughout the years of, you know, not just being like a protesta band, you know, where it's yeah. just, but actually like moving bodies. And if for those that, that want to really get conscious, you, you know, you can definitely do it, do it yeah. have your mind be moved as well, you know? Yeah. I feel like, like you mentioned, like it's not about just sticking the middle finger up, you know? Cause yeah. what is that going to, I mean that, yeah, that was fun the first couple of years, but now it, now that we see still an issue, like, what are we going to change? I feel like Trump, if anything, is just a symptom of a bigger problem. Because people think that just by taking down Trump, Pence, whatever, that we're good. And it's like, no, man, we were fucked before that. <laughs> like, yeah. we were fucked with Obama. Like, yeah, Obama was better, but we still had issues. We had immigration issues. We had uh, gentrification issues. So it's just a symptom of a bigger problem. And once we see the bigger picture, we'll be able to sort of try to we'll be able to fix what really is going on and as far as like having your music timeless like i'm so glad i wasn't like writing songs like fucking bush fucking <laughs> because yeah. now you know what i mean now yeah. instead of that those songs like are still relevant to this day you know yeah. but yeah. but you you don't want to like make a song like be stuck in a time period you know mm -hmm. you don't want to be make a like a a, a message be stuck in a time period like let that message live forever you know yeah so like i mentioned your music is a lot of fun to listen to but i feel like um like you mentioned you've been doing this for a long time 26 years you said so yeah. how would you say you your sound has changed or has it at all throughout the years i think, I think like uh with us it's always been like a learning because uh we've never been uh we've never been like a like stuck in a genre where like you guys have to be reggae or you guys have to be cumbia. Um, for us, it was always like, we're going to play reggae and we're going to play it live and we're going to record reggae songs, but we're also going to record cumbia songs. And we're also going to like go into Afro B and we're going to go into like, you know, rumba, like and, and tradition, other traditional samba, a Brazilian samba. Like we're going to, we're going to be experimenting in sounds. And to this day, like every record has those influences that, mm -hmm. that, you know, we're like, yeah, we were young kids trying to learn. And, uh, and we, we definitely knew that we weren't going to be categorized as a certain thing. And we weren't trying to, you know, be on the radio or we weren't trying to be like pleasing record labels. So we had the freedom to like play like any kind of music. Yeah. And at first of all, at first when they started you know, when they, the record companies came and signed Ozo Motley and us, like they wanted to like commercial, they wanted to sell, they wanted to brand the music. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard. 
because um also Molly did it. They they did like hip hop, like they made a whole hip hop record, which I was like, ooh, it was terrible. I didn't I really didn't like it. And it just I can tell they were trying to like brand the music and trying to go into a genre. And we never did. We just stuck to our, our music, which was we're a live band. What we play is like all types of music. Yeah, it's so kind whatever of, you want to listen to, right? You guys probably play the music you like to yeah. play and it's fun to play. I feel like that goes a lot with that border mentality of just not adjusting, but sort of being like, oh, I like this and I also like that and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want because I can. Because I have yeah. not just the inspiration, but I have the flexibility in my mind. to. It's very open-minded, you know? It's very like you appreciate different things. And I, I used to play music. This is a long time ago. But I remember when I played, I always thought, I wanted to play what was fun to play to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the fun songs that I tried my hardest with because it was like, this is what I like, you know? And yeah. I feel like you guys do a good job. I'm sure you appreciate your music. You guys do a good job of playing what you like. And that transfers over to your crowd because there's nothing yeah. worse than seeing an artist that just hates what he does. And it's obvious sometimes, you know? Yeah. And just us being fans of like, of great music and like, you know, timeless music, like, when we did have a record label and they're like, dude, we have money for you guys. Like, who do you want to feature on your record? Like we can get anyone you want. We can get Ben Harper if you want on a song. Yeah. And we're like, we want Fred Wesley, you know, like, like Fred Wesley is like an old trombone player. And that's doesn't even like, he doesn't have any like songs right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? Fred Wesley is like part of the James Brown, the horny horns. Like he's a legend. Like we want him on our record and they're yeah. and they were just like well pick someone else and then we we went and got fred wesley on our own nice. and like, because for us like that's that's who you want like that's who we want to work with because this guy right here is like the master of funk horn lines and like you know he has a story like james brown maceo parker like that's the people that we you know and then from that we started traveling with like headhunters like a um which is herbie hancock's original band the headhunters mike clark uh paul jackson these original guys that that put funk on the map you know what i mean and that was like going to school for like years we traveled for, for two years with those guys and but those are the people that were like that we wanted to to be influenced by and that we were so intrigued by like we weren't into like the radio we weren't listening to what was hot out there believe me we're fans of Ben Harper. We even went on the road with him and he opened up a lot of doors for us. But like, but like our people, our heroes are like, like at another level, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, we we're listening to like Fania All-Stars, like all the 70s classic, um, um, the East Coast salsa music, the Puerto Rican, you know, sound. And we were listening to a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of old reggae, like, you know, Israel Vibrations and, and, and we went on the road with Toots and the Maytals for like a year and a half and the Whalers. Um, when we started going on tour with these bands, then we started studying their sound and studying, you know, their, the way they play live. We were more about the live sound. So that took us into like reggae, like a really hardcore. I got, I got really much into reggae. But at the same time, you know, we were still being funky and we were still experimenting in a lot of afro afro you know afro drumming and you know like the whole roots like the rumba and everything so like it's just hard 
it, we just always kept evolving like it, and the music was always just like it, it could never be classified or or put in a genre which is really cool now because i listen to the records and it's like you, you put the record on like a carnasada or a party yeah. and it's just different you know yeah. there's a reggae song it goes to cumbia song yeah. and it goes to like a long like jam band song so it's, re- it's pretty i'm pretty proud of that yeah no i can honestly as a fan i'd say that like i like the diversity i like being able to you know like you mentioned putting it on carnasada and just be like know that i won't get bored because it's going to continue being interesting you know what i mean a lot of times like we're so used to streaming service where we can have any song we want and just put them back to back but sometimes it's just good to click on an album you know and just be like hey let's let's just play this let's let's see where it goes and your music is very is very big on that and i I definitely appreciate it so i had the pleasure to interview calavera from maruja last week and we were discussing local music scene in san diego we mentioned that there seems to be a pretty broad and for us pochos it seems to thrive on diversity so if only if only to survive in san diego or tj with like we want to play at this venue with these people and this venue with that people i know that you're the reason you guys do different music is a different but you guys are able to jump from circle to circle so that said how do you guys handle all the diversity in your crowds are you guys aware that sometimes you're playing for people that are looking for a certain kind of music and then different or do you guys sort of just go with it i think for us uh like when we started when we were young we were just playing every every club and every show in san diego um and then we saw like how how you know like uh how the the crowd started growing and and then and then it became like a business thing like oh well you know we're gonna charge ten dollars but but you know like uh you guys can't play for a month and and we're like well, okay, then we'll go to LA. And then we started going to LA and, and then we just never stopped. We just went to San Francisco. And then from San Francisco, we just started doing national tours. So then for us, we kind of just like started picking and choosing where we're going to play in San Diego. And how do we like evolve into playing like a nice big room, like the belly up, you know? Yeah. And in order to, and so then we had like small little goals, like, well, we want to play like a, a nice large room where the sound is incredible because we have a 10 piece band and where, where, you know, like we're going to be, we're going to pack this place up, which is 600 people. It's not a lot, but so in order to play those places and have those goals, you have to, you have to stop playing the little, the little bars that are free, you know? And, and yeah, people are going to be bummed about it, but, they are gonna go support you when you go start playing those nice venues, because uh, there's a big difference playing a bar and like a nice venue like the Belly Up or like the Music yeah. Box because the sound like uh, us musicians we want to have that nice sound. Yeah. And you want you want to sound good up on stage, and you want to get to that level, you know. So so we saw it right away. We saw the way the way to get to that level is. Uh, you know, we have to stop playing like the little Casbah gigs or, or back in the days, like we started at the Green Circle Bar. It was like a little bar. Uh, was, but these not, these are like the epic nights that we look back and we're like, those are the best days of our lives, you know? Yeah. But in order to get to those rooms, it was really easy for us because we made our minds to just tour nonstop. So we were doing 180 shows a year and we were do, playing San Diego only three times a year. 
So every time we played in our hometown, we were selling out the shows. Yeah. And to this day, to this day, we only play like three times a year in San Diego. And so, and we have to do like a benefit, like once a year where we give back to, to a community, you know, any, whatever it is, Chicano Park Day or anything where you don't, you don't get paid, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So this year was really hard because we're going to play Chicano Park um, 50th anniversary. We were booked and that was going to be like our big show. And so it's a, it's a bummer. Like there'll never be another, you know, like another. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just won't be the same now. I want hurt. I want hurt a lot. Yeah. And for them to ask us to play was, was, you know, that was an honor. But you have to understand, like, they they were asking us to play every year because we haven't yeah. played there in, like, six years. Yeah. And then every year it was like, oh, man, you guys don't want to play. Oh, man, Charlie, you guys ain't down for that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, but it wasn't because we didn't want to play. It was because, like, we had, like, tours or we were out of town. Yeah. Or, and but it's like people are get they get so personal you know what i mean it's not personal it's like yeah it's like, well you mentioned man the, your music is it feels personal to to some of us you know sometimes like i feel like uh i, I can see where they're coming from just for the sense that like man that's our music but hey man uh you guys are i've done so much you guys are traveling all or touring all the time and i understand like you mentioned it earlier even for people that don't maybe understand the message 100% they understand the sentiment behind what you're trying to say, you know? Yeah. It's like a lot of times that I listen to reggae, I might not understand like the Af- African um, struggle or the Jamaican struggle, but I feel the message, you know what I mean? So you're, you're and again, your music is a lot of fun. You have a lot of uh, uh, very danceable music. <laughs> so I'm sure it translates, it translates very well around the coast of uh, California and all that sort of stuff. Just, just for us to like witness like, you know the whole like the whole like the rise of like reggae in espanol is so big like with mm-hmm. bands like cultura profetica where like when you know we used to play with them in in um in sinaloa mastlan in like little oh. backyard parties you know yeah. just to see how that how because of because their message because of what what they sing about is like on such a like worldwide level of a and and reggae, you know, reggae is like consciousness. Reggae is all about, you know, the struggle and the people. And just to see how huge cultura is now, it's like, oh man. And we saw we saw them from the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rise up to where they are now. It just goes to show you like how many how much people appreciate like the consciousness, like the conscious lyrics, and the not only that, but the music. The reggae music is just like the way they do it is. It's like, yeah. uh, I'm like a big fan, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a vibe, man. And honestly, like you mentioned, um, with Cultura Profetica, they, they really did rise up uh, in the last, what, 10 years, I'd say. Yeah. And I feel like, um, yeah, the, the, message, the message goes, goes long and wide. But um, with big bands uh, like yours or just big bands in general, I feel like, do you think that they're making a comeback or have they always been there? Cause I feel like now every time I go to a venue or when I did go to a venue, this big band, the big bands um, format is very popular and it's just so cool because it, it, it sort of lends itself to so many different sounds. Like you mentioned, you guys are able to play all sorts of music because I feel like you have a big band and so many arrangement of instruments, right? Yeah, for sure. But I come because of my, 
my upbringing my dad is a trombone player so mm -hmm. we have to have horns you know i started yeah. playing the trumpet trombone so if you want to have a horn section in a band you're already you're already adding like three people to yeah. the five piece to the rhythm the five piece and then also we come from like african drumming so the percussion mm -hmm. is huge so you want to have conguero or add a timbalero a drummer that's already three people so it's already going to be a big band but because yeah. of of the sound that you want and the sound that you want to provide and deliver you're you're already stuck in a nine eight you know minimum of eight people minimum you know what i mean yeah. to make but but i mean it sounds like fun it looks like it'd be a party up there you it know is because I mean? you're just jamming out it's a lot of work it's a lot of work because it's different egos and especially <laughs> when you're traveling when you're traveling is it definitely it gets it gets you know it's like a family like a dysfunctional family but Once you get rolling, you know, once you get out on the road, it just, it becomes like, it becomes a fun party. Yeah. But there, there is like a, like any family, like there's going to be some drama, you know, but the, I, I don't know. I think I, after a while, we just kind of like, we just started like getting on the same page as far as like touring and, and being on the road and living that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And it just became, it became a lot of fun. I mean, you know, believe me, B-side players, have been around for so many years and uh, we've probably had over 75 players like come in yeah. and out of the band, you know, 75. I counted like on the oh, 20th wow. anniversary, yeah. I, I had to like pay trip, like send a, like an invitation to all these people to come to our, our anniversary. And it was like 75 musicians. Yeah. Nobody has died though. We're, we are all, we've never had yeah. anyone die. You know, we've been through like dr drugs or, you know, people get caught up in drugs and leave. We've been in, you know, drama where like, where, you know, people just don't want to play music no more. They're just depressed or like everything that you can think of. But we've never had anyone in the B-side family like pass away, which is so rare, you know? Yeah, no, that's great, man. That's got to be because like you mentioned, it's probably is normal, especially with the culture or whether it be drugs or whatever it may be. It, I don't want to say it's expected, but people aren't surprised when they hear that someone in the band has passed away. But, I mean, kudos to you guys. I mean, you guys are obviously doing something, right? Because you guys are all staying alive I mean, despite knock, the many knock bumps. On wood, knock on wood. Because, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Because just this year alone, like, I lost my dad. And, like, I lost a lot of, like, influence. Like, Bill Withers, you know, that's a big influence yeah. on my music. Yeah. And um, it's just crazy. Um, a lot of musicians are going out, you know, and, uh, yeah, man, I, but, I had a hard one with little Richard, man. I was like, oh. Richard, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it really is rough. And with everything going on, I mean, it, it's rough as it is. And just hearing these things and not being able to pay tribute as we usually would, you know, via concerts or via yeah. whatever it may be. It's, it's pretty rough. So your, uh, name B-side players. It's very unique. Does it have an origin story? Um, yeah, well, because of like we started um, as a big band right here from the South Bay, from Chula Vista. We started uh, in um, rehearsing in the Sweetwater Studios with a POD. We would share a studio, and we were we were all about the Chicano sound. Like when we started, we were all about like trying to sound like you know War, Malo, Tierra, mm -hmm. San Carlos Santana. Right. Like that was our sound. So, so we wanted to have like a Chicano name. So we, we, you know, our name was Brownside players. We were like the Brownside players. Mm -hmm. And we, when we started touring, 
a lot of these people and a lot of the um, the people that were interviewing us and promoting the shows, they were just like, well, you know, this is like, well, you're, you're playing here and there. And they just started calling us B-side. And then they yeah. just started promoting the shows as B-side. Yeah. And some, some, but sometimes, like, when we play, like, you know, like some, like, Oakland or, like, you know, like some, some Mexican like towns, like they were like brownside players are coming, but then yeah. eventually it just started going to B side. It's just B-side. because of the promoters. Yeah. But um, it's it stands for for brownside. brownside. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like um, big bands, man. The name, the name definitely has to sort of set you apart. I'm sure, right? Is it? Did you give it a lot of thought on your name? Because I mean, it sticks. I mean, B side players, I feel like I brownside players definitely sticks to you. You know what I mean? Because Cause we were like, you know, we, we were caught up on like the whole, like, well, it's a big band. So we wanted the word players because we were listening to like the Ohio players, yeah, like the funk stuff. So we wanted something with players and we were, we were just like, what, what kind of players, you know? So that's yeah. when it came Brownside. Yeah. That's great. It's a great name. So throughout history, tragedies have always sort of been interpreted by art, almost defined by them sometimes. Do you see an artistic sort of silver lining coming from the current situation? Are you working on any projects? I know you mentioned that you're trying to stay artistic and all that, but are you working yeah, on projects been, despite been recording. it? Yeah, we've been recording a lot. We've been putting out singles. Hmm. and um, But, um, yeah, we, we also have a lot of songs that are unfinished, you know, and, and that we're working on releasing. Right now I'm releasing a a, a like a little medley cover of a uh, Marvin Gaye's what's going on mm-hmm. because um, so, and it features a lot of different artists. It's kind of like a, a one of those viral video, um, not a viral, but um, those videos that, you know, everyone's recording from their own home or yeah, those are cool. Yeah. Put together kind of. Mm-hmm. And so a lot, we have a lot of different featured artists that's going to be out pretty soon. Nice. Just little projects like that. Just staying busy. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm also releasing, you know, uh, stuff with uh, with some different producers, and you can go on the U- our YouTube channel, B Side Players TV, and I released like three videos with, within like the last uh, month. So nice, you can check that out. It's cool. So you guys are staying busy then, definitely. That's yeah. good. That's good. I'm sure. I feel like a lot of musicians are definitely feeling the quarantine. I mean, anything from gig players to service industry, you know. The, something that our uh, community thrives on which is tourism and just like the local scene i feel like we're all uh well, they're all suffering a lot so it's good to see yeah. a lot of people are staying busy and still try, uh, being able to thrive despite our shitty situation right yeah so uh is there anything you're looking forward post corona <laughs> just um, I'm, I'm looking forward to like um like uh I don't really see any like shows upcoming soon. Like I, I don't think for the rest of this year, I don't think that they're going to, it's going to be a possibility though. There will be a possibility that we can play live. I, I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Like I, because of Los Angeles passing the whole, like no concerts, no stage four concerts till like 2021. I think mm-hmm. San Diego will, will abide by that because not if we if we start doing concerts down here people from la are just gonna come down here right and it's gonna be a fucking shit show and and i don't think like it's gonna happen so as far as like 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 my 
like the what I hope to see in the future is just is just some kind of like like some kind of hope of playing live again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, I know like if 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 there we're allowed to do play a show, people are gonna come and it's gonna be. But I just don't know like the health health wise or anything because I know a lot of old musicians who are scared, man. Like like Poncho Sanchez is like a legendary conguero. I don't think he's gonna play anymore. I think like he's, I think he's really scared about like going out in public and and being around different people, like a a, a room full of like 500 people. I don't, he's just not feeling it, you know, because yeah. he's older. So it's good. It's good. There's a lot of like a, a lot of doubts for me right now as far as like the future of live music, mm-hmm. but. But then again, I'm not an expert. I don't know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Even the experts are still like, we don't know, man. Like, it could be it could be this or it could be that. But I feel like I understand what you're, where you're coming from regarding live music. I feel like uh, it's probably live music is probably the best where you can sort of feel it and just understand your guys' message or just music in general. I feel like despite how good a pair of headphones may sound, nothing's going to be live music. You know, it just feel like it brings so many people together. It's such a strong community and it's uh, and it's evolving. I mean, now with festivals and all that sort of thing, there's so much more to our generations wanting to either rather than owning things, sort of having experiences. Yeah, and, for sure. and music is a big part of that. I feel like we we just want to see as much as we can. And it is a shame. And I I had so many concerts lined up for this year. And yeah, it's it's a it's a real shame. As far as me personally, I would take I would take the risk of like of playing live and and having that risk like that high percentage risk of like being infected or infecting someone. Mm-hmm. Like I would take the risk because that's just what I am. Like I'm more of the attitude like que me entierren con la banda or like die yeah. and play music, you know. But I don't know like if if people if there's people that will come down on me for that or or if you know that that could have a big a big a negative right. effect on my on like my fans or like you know my family i don't know i yeah. just don't yeah it's sort of like it's the battle between what we want and what we feel <laughs> like it probably isn't right you know so we all I, we're all over it yeah i playing with some guys right now that are just like like yeah this is too it's too much man like i don't i'm not down to like go play like right now you know it's yeah. just too much like i have a family my mom you know there's different there people there's different like views on it right now yeah especially i mean you guys are so many you know yeah. what i mean that like it'd be hard to have everybody on the same page even i'm right. sure even after this whole thing's over i feel like in 2021 some people will still be like i don't know man big places you know what i mean like it's, it'll still be an issue and i feel like it'll resonate with most bands uh, around the world. It'll be like, do we want to do concerts? I mean, everybody wants to, they're fun They're That's where you see your fans. That's where you get to do what you love, but there's always going to be that sort of little paranoia in the back of our heads. And I feel like that's one of the big changes we'll have you know, right. after this, um, that and masks, I feel like masks are going to, they're here to stay. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But sure. um, yeah, it's rough. I mean, I, we're all over it man but um art is what is keeping us alive i feel like whether any form of entertainment whether it be movies books or music i feel like it's definitely keep us entertained so we're very or well, at least personally i'm very i appreciate that you guys are still putting stuff out because it'll 
it'll help yeah. us it'll help us cope with everything that's going on and not to say that you'll have one but is do you have any corona based songs or are you trying to stay away from um, it at all no i don't i don't have any like pandemic theme songs like Good. there's some <laughs> out there though <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure it's just like i i mean i'm not i just i'm not really inspired by this whole thing like to write about it but yeah. i'm more like i'm seeing more like a I'm writing more about like the way people are have a lot of fear right now or mm-hmm. like or the way how people are being manipulated and and the way um people are coming together and yeah. like there's different there's different I'm writing being inspired on on different levels of the pandemic not so much like the you know oh fucking quarantine and this and that yeah. <laughs> you know but um, not whining not complaining then but there's there is a lot of inspiration out of all this for sure mm-hmm. whether it's on a, the dark side or the, the bright side for mm-hmm. me um um i'm really like inspired by like by like people in the you know like the essential medical like all the you know doctors and nurses that shit's heavy man like yeah it's like, it is i witnessed i witnessed uh, the other day i live i, I live in here in chula vista in the hood and um, we woke up to gunshots. There was like a murder right in front of my house. Shit. And um, some, yeah. the guy like on my, like feet from my driveway, he he fucking just he he was bleeding. Every got shot in the back of the head, and he started. He just passed out. And the the first cops that showed up, it was a a female and a male cop, and the female just went straight for him. And started giving, you know, pumping his chest to revive him. Yeah. And he was full of blood everywhere. And then yeah. all his face everywhere. And she just started giving him mouth to mouth, like not even caring. Like, yeah. and continued to pump him back to life and nothing. And she wouldn't stop until the paramedics showed up. She fuck, she was on this guy for like a good solid, like 10 minutes, like not yeah. stopping. And like, I was like, oh my God, like she doesn't even care about like, like what diseases or she can get or how she can get infected. Like she, she was on like uh, life-saving mode. And you know, people right now with the, like the situation with the cops and everything and the, the, you know, everything that's happening. I was like, man, this is incredible. Like if everybody would see that, like, or if I'm ever in a situation where I, I'm, I'm like losing my life. Yeah. Like there's a, I hope that there's an officer like that, that shows up and tries to save my life. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I witnessed that. This is like three days ago. Yeah. So, it's the big difference. I feel like, unfortunately, um, the thing that sells is bad news, you know? So every time there's something shitty going on, it'll get attention. But your story, that story, no one's going to hear about it. You know what I mean? No. Besides the people that listen to this or maybe it was, like it, it was like a murder right here and it didn't even come on the news because there's so much shit happening right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh man, I, I was shook up for a couple of days. My whole family saw it. Yeah. My my neighbors were like like incredible. Like they they don't then they asked us like, did you see anything? No, no. We just saw the cop trying to revive him. That's yeah, all like we saw. Man. And it was like, yeah. Yeah, it's whatever, all these essential, like all these workers, people that are just working their ass off, like, um, pretty much like 
they're just uh, like forget about their families and go out to the hospital and try to save lives. I'm like really inspired by that, man. That's like that's like true he- heroes right there. Yeah, man. I feel like they're definitely getting the the recognition they deserve. Just because, I mean, these people have always tried to do the best they can, you know. And in a pandemic, of course, now we're depending on them now more than ever. But it's like, fuck, like these people have been doing that for years, you know. So yeah. it's it's good. Sure. I mean, I'm sure I have uh, friend cops and I have friend EMTs and stuff like that. And I just I just say, man, like you know that you're appreciated, you know. And they tell me all the time, like. We know, like, when we hear it, it makes such a difference because you can be having a shitty day just because you think the whole world hates you. But as, as soon as you hear a thank you, it goes a long way. You know, it, it makes it worth it. And I feel like that's that sometimes that's all we need. You know, just a little pat on the back, silly as it may sound. It definitely yeah, goes a long definitely. way. And we do. I do have songs about, like, police brutality and, yeah. you know, migra brutality and all that shit. But, but I, you know, I'm not. Like for sure, I definitely like respect respect like an officer. Like I, I'm all I teach my kids to show respect, you know. Mm-hmm. And whenever you know, whenever you're you confront like an officer, you show respect. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm not about like I'm not about like disrespecting an officer and like because one day they might have to save my someone in my family's life or something. But yeah, there's I just, mean there's like a there's like a thin line of a you have to be very careful, you know, on subjects like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you say fuck the police, then you, if you're going to go that route, then, then that's pretty heavy. You, you can't like, you can't be like asking for help. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's a hundred percent. You can't generalize. I feel like that's what it comes down to because just like the shitty cops, there's good cops. So I feel like it's that, it's that give and take. It's that understanding that, yeah, people sometimes do the wrong thing, but there's so many people out there that are in it for the right reasons. Obviously, like that uh, cop that you mentioned, she they clearly want to do what they're doing. You know, they're there to help. They're there to save. And especially when like cops, they're so specific to your community. That cop is in Chula Vista. Don't you feel better knowing that that cop is in Chula? Because <laughs> then it's like, yeah, like now. It opened, it opened my whole eyes to like, a whole different level of respect of what they do because this is just about like being a humanitarian, like saving someone's life and not, not even thinking about it. And like just right away, jump to it. And, and like, they didn't save his life. We saw him die. We, I witnessed a man lose his life, but just like the effort was like incredible, man. I was like blown away on how, how like you can just, you know, Give give up everything, not think of nothing, and just do your, you know, yeah. try to save someone's life. Life like that, like everybody was frozen all around. Like, yeah, no one, no one tried to help. Like, you know, what I mean, we're just scared. Yeah, like, just scared. So it's I have a, a different level of respect. You know? It's a shitty, it's a shitty situation to be in. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, thank you so much for doing this, man. It was a lot of fun. I. Uh, is there anything we should look forward to? I know you mentioned you were posting those videos with the uh, with the features coming up, correct? Yeah, we have a um, a new kind of like a we're gonna do this song to uh, to kind of promote uh, music cares. It's a it's a foundation by the Recording um, Academy, which is the Grammys, um, and um, this is like a for any musicians, artists out there, if you know. I know that I know you're going through rough times because 
because of all we all are. And um, a lot of us, you know, uh, are not getting a, a government funding or help or anything because, you know, we're, we're um, self-employed or whatever, or, or, you know, not, we're not getting like um, not unemployment. It's just very, very difficult when, when you're a musician or an artist and the way you file your taxes and this and that. But there's a foundation called Music Cares who's, uh, who's really, you know, helping people out. They help me out. You know, they cut me a check. And all they ask is, like, how many songs do you have, this and that. I, I sent the info. And, and, they, and they took care of me. And then later on I found out that they take care of so many musicians, so many people, like, in need, like, musicians that are having drug, um, drug problems. Like, they help. They help uh, funding rehabs for musicians going, you know, dealing with drugs. And a lot of my friends in the industry, they've been helped a lot. So, so this, this project I'm doing, we're going to do a Marvin Gaye song. We're going to put it out and we're going to kind of like promote Music Cares and, and hopefully people will donate money to them because uh, they really, they are really helping people out. You know what I mean? So that's going to be my project right now. And that's kind of what I'm focusing on. And it should be out within the next like couple of weeks. That's amazing, man. That sounds like obviously, especially now it's so needed. You know, a lot of people are sort of left up up in the air. Like you mentioned, yeah. people that aren't eligible for whether it be unemployment or anything really. So sounds like a great foundation. Uh, please send me the link. I'll make sure to post it with the sure. with the episode and everything. Where can we find you specifically for B side players? For for us, B side players on all social media platforms, Instagram. Um, Facebook, and then also we have uh, the bsideplayers.com uh, and also bsideplayers TV on YouTube. So, um, yeah, we're all around. Just punch up bside players and they'll lead you our way. Um, you can help the band by, by buying merch right now and just also subscribing to our YouTube channel. Um, that's a lot of help for us. And um, just stay in tune with us because we're always live streaming too. Um, it's not the full band, but you know, yeah, sometimes little three piece or, or duos, but you can support that way. Yeah. That's amazing, man. And, uh, whenever this is over and, and concerts are back up, which I hope is sooner rather than later, let us know, man. I'd love to see you guys live. I've seen, I've seen, uh, I believe a three piece, uh, with guitars. I've seen you guys perform. Yeah. I've seen that version, but I haven't seen the big band live and I'd love to, man. It seems like, it seems like a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll definitely send you an invitation to our next show, 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Sounds like a plan. Again, thank you so much for doing this and have a good rest of your day, man. Thank you so much. All right. I'll thanks. send you the link. Yeah, thanks, man. Bye.